Alright, welcome to Say Shura. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoop Magoo. And uh, we've got, you know, uh, we, we, we've got stuff today. <laughs> we have things. We have discuss. things. We have substance. We have content. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, I don't like that word, like content creation. Like, I, I feel like it demeans pretty much anything somebody does. <laughs> but um, th- th- that's sort of neither here nor there right now um <laughs> let's dive into this we got two new singles that we're talking about uh both of which scott texted me and uh yeah <laughs> these, these these i don't know so first one these new dj shadow single featuring de la soul rocket fuel i think is that right mm-hmm. um our or yeah. it's, it's something rocket related yeah i, I think it's uh, yeah, i think it it's rocket, rocket fuel. fuel yeah you're so, right so um yeah so i this apparently comes with the announcement that shadows working on new material or like he's coming out with a new album soon but like you know you know it's it's, it's the announcement for the announcement for the announcement mm-hmm. uh so you know so in the meantime we we, we have the single featuring you know legendary hip-hop group de la soul um you know honestly like given the output from both of these artists as of late i wasn't really expecting a whole lot and um, I th- that's pretty much what I got was not a whole lot. <laughs> uh, d- d- not not to say this was bad by any means. Um, I I just felt like it was just pretty standard by the numbers. I think for DJ Shadow, it's you know underwhelming as usual um, because just I I mean at this point like it's it's impossible to to follow up introducing so which he's he's proven himself for years now unfortunately yeah i mean i I keep saying this but like dj shadow and nas really need to just collaborate for an entire album (laughs) yeah just it's two rappers that have not uh well i think nas nas had more relevancy after illmatic than dj comparably um yeah but but but, introducing is like still a massive album yeah to this day but even still even though nas was like his kind of later career was more successful. He has not, he kind of has followed the same trajectory where other than Illmatic, uh, like when you talk about, uh, I think it's a relevant example because of Jay, you know, Jay-Z and Nas had beef. Like when you think of Jay-Z, you think of multiple different, you know, the, any, any of the blueprints, um, yeah. you know, reasonable doubt, the black album. Um, like he, he has a ton of albums What you think of when you think of Nas, you, you really just think of Illmatic, and yeah. that's, I mean, unless you're, like, a hardcore fan, that's that's kind of it. That, that, that's I feel what like I mean. With DJ Shadow, that's even more so. It's like, yeah. the, the, literally, can you, th- I can't even name a single other one of his albums other than introducing, and I've listened, <laughs> I've listened to them, and, like, I, I just I guess the, the Mountain Will Fall, like, this yeah, last yeah. album, and I only know that because I, I tried to listen to it, mm-hmm. um, tried, <laughs> is, is the key word here. Uh, then, then there's I always remember that there's one I, I don't know if it's a compilation or not but it has the artwork is like his face but it's like a grid um, oh yeah I, I always for some reason I always think of that album cover when I think of DJ Shadow um, but anyway Scott what, what, what did you think about this about this track Rocket Fuel it's funny because I sent it to you and you texted back please tell me this is good because that team up sounds so cool and I seen you a gif of Spongebob having like a shit-eating grin saying, yeah, sure. <laughs> because that's exactly what it feels. Yeah, if you want to believe it's cool, sure. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, this just... It just, it sounded really dated, like both, it sound, not only did it sound dated, it sounded like they were both, um, I, not, maybe not dated in the sense that the, the production or the rapping was necessarily, like, I mean, it felt modern, it didn't feel like it was lifted from a different era, but it just felt like both artists were just, it's just, they're, Treading water. they're both past their prime, uh, I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of newer De La Soul stuff, I've also never been a huge De La Soul fan, I, I like some of their... Uh, I, I like what they did for production more so than for rapping. Uh, yeah. Like I think a lot of uh, a lot of the sample based songs on Three Feet High and Rising were incredibly. Um, well, I mean, like they were really sample heavy in, in a really like in a pretty impactful way, uh, which is um, not necessarily a great thing for the rapping side of the equation, which is yeah. never like I felt like early in their career they were very much in the. A B C B rhyme like this, like it just very yeah. Um, I mean, and then that the, 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 that was like golden age, or yeah, and that or was you know golden age hip hop, which I can I can respect you know them and people like Run DMC and whatever, but um, it's just not for I, you. Yeah, it's not for me. And then I feel like when they got on, they just they just were never my favorite. You know, I think they definitely yeah. improved. Um, and this track, I think it's just both of them kind of doing what they've done recently and it's it's very much okay and i think it's just i think the reason i wanted to talk about it is um i think introducing really is like the pinnacle example of um just you know coming out with your best work and then just really living in its shadow for the rest of your career because i think dale dale is sad it's really sad yeah and my friend ryan actually has a good theory where when you have your debut, you've spent like your entire life, pretty much your entire career, working up to that point, and so you can put more effort and time and creativity into it. Or at least this, for a lot of artists, this is true. But then when it comes to your second album, you only have a few years, especially if you're under like a contract or something with your label. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe he just really put everything he possibly could have into introducing, and then after that, he was like, "Oh shit." I don't really know what I'm going to do to follow this up. I don't really know like what's going to happen. Which, and I think the reason it bums me out is because yeah. I think introducing is such a great album. You know, it's such a great instrumental hip hop record. It's obviously touches in a different elect, you know, electronic music subgenres. And uh, like from the first moment I heard it, I was like, man, this is going to be an artist. I'm. It's going to be one of my favorite artists. And then listening to his <laughs> other stuff, I'm like, wow, that is not. <laughs> that did not end up being the case. I, I think it's more like it's, it's. it's it's not bad like other other dj shadow stuff it's it's just that like you know it's a very high watermark you know yeah it's, it's the same thing that we had with the new flying lotus album that just like you know cosmogramma and like you're dead arguably set a really high standard for flying lotus and you know i in an hour's worth of music isn't going to make up for that <laughs> Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that that's a really great dis- distinction, important distinction to make is that, um, you know, it's not that his new music has been bad. It's just that he just can't, as hard as he tries, because obviously he's released a ton of album or a ton of material since introducing. Yeah. It's not like he's released one or two albums that just haven't, you know, haven't been up to yeah. snuff. He's yeah, I just. Mean, it's, it's not like he doesn't have his fans either, because I mean, like, he's still relevant, like, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of strange. In a way, like Nas, but but both Nas and 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 Shadow, like they're both like strangely like within the public like you know mind sphere at this point. Like the, the they're still like bouncing around it. Like you know, to be fair, it's not like 
you know, anywhere near what it used to be for them. But, like, it's, they're still around enough that, like, you know, Stereo Gum and, like, Pitchfork and, like, all these sites, you know, pick up on it. Yeah, so, whenever he does anything new, they yeah. they bring it up. I mean, they, they cover it, I mean, really without fail, so... I mean, I, I think part of that was because I think, um, you know, some of the features, I think having De La Soul as a feature is a pretty, yes. you know, yeah. pretty big thing. It's it's kind of reminds me, because wasn't Ron the Jewels on uh, featured on DJ Shadow's last album? Yeah, and I think I did enjoy, I liked that track. I didn't love it, but yeah. I, I did like it. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, so just, I, I yeah, I, I thought this was just, you know, it, it was, it was fine. Like, I, you know, it was just, like, okay like here it is it, it it didn't you know wow me it didn't you know um it didn't wow me but it didn't piss me off either mm, <laughs> so cool, um, yeah which i mean depending on how you look at that you could see that either positively or negatively that you know it makes so little of an impression or that you know maybe just indifference is better than mm-hmm. yeah so i it's you know all about perception um, let's move on to this next track, though, because I, I have some choice words for this as well as you do. Um, this is, oh, you, you sent me this, and I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm going to say right out front, I'm kind of mad that you even wanted to talk about this, or that I even offered to, that, that we should talk about this. Um, this is a new Miles Davis track, Paradise. So, for those who don't know, um, I think it's a few months, yeah, it was last month. Uh, that uh, it was announced that uh, previously unreleased Miles Davis record called Rubber Band would be uh, coming out in August, I believe. Or, no, in September. And so, um, you know, I for those who don't know, this was, it was actually shelved, apparently, during uh, Davis's transition from Columbia to Warner Brothers. Um, and so for some reason, they decided to you know not not only take this out and you know release it but finish it as well um so i guess miles davis's nephew uh i i guess worked help work on this and um so yeah um <laughs> can can i just say th- uh, this thing this thing really sucks yeah like i'm Usually we try to be like have like a pro con, even when we really don't like something. This is that this is not good. Like this is I, just not. It, good. It, it, here's the thing: is is like you know I, I I've I did a column at one point talking about late era Miles Davis. Yeah, I, and so like you know, and, and like I feel like this is this is like this might be a new low for him. Honestly, like, and I mean, I, I've heard what I think is probably his worst album, which is uh, "You're Under Arrest," which is it's basically just Miles Davis doing smooth jazz. Um, I, I yeah, this was just, it, but it, here's the thing: is like, I, I I think this is bad, but not because the actual performance is bad, and not because like, you know, the sound exactly is bad. It's more just. It's so fucking unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, like literally, because 
there were certainly issues with that uh, Coltrane album that came out last year, but at least, yeah. at least in my opinion, like the actual songs, you know, removing like the extra takes and all like the the filler and stuff, yeah. the actual songs were good. Like it, they were enjoyable. Um, like I enjoyed hearing them. Like I, yeah. I thought it was fun. This, Even though I, you know, I, I did find them, I found those unnecessary too. But yeah, yeah. But at least you know they were there was something worthwhile about it. You know, in, in a vacuum, like okay, like this is good. Like I don't even understand what what is gained by this. Like this yeah. is just really, like to me, the, my first thought is this literally sounds like, um, like just stock background music at like a tropical resort that he just kind of randomly half-assed played over. Like yeah. it's just so, it, it's just such background music, just really, really, just nothing. Like I don't even, it's not even necessarily bad. It's just, this is something I would expect to hear when they're just ha- trying to put on music just to have music in the background. Yeah. Like I, mean, I don't, the, and, and see, to your, your point, why yeah. release this? Like this is nothing, like you know what era, what eras of Davis's career people care about, like both critics and fans. This is certainly not that. Yeah. So, like, who, like, even if this is supposed well, to be a cash grab, who's going to buy it? Like, it's yeah. not good. I, I think, I mean, so, to be fair, to be totally fair about this, I, I, I think that Miles Davis's later era, you know, and I'm talking about after his uh, reclusion, you know, for, you know, around a decade. So, I'm talking about, like, 80s like mid 80s to you know i think it was 92 when he finally passed away um you know I, I i feel like you know granted a lot of the material from that is not great but i think it's his most underrated era just just because it's not you know people don't really think of it a whole lot mm-hmm. um and i still think there are some gems in there like i think the man with the horn is is a pretty decent album you know like it's 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 not without, you know, it's good music, but yeah, like this was, this doesn't really do anything. That, that's the thing is like, it's, it's like, I swear something, something like broke Miles Davis in during that like reclusive era of his, like, I, I don't know whether like the cocaine got to him too much or, you know, just something, but like coming back from that, like it, it's, you know, like it, it, it's like it's like when you when you have like an elderly like you know uh, family member who like you know has a fall, and like you know after it, they they're kind of not the same. You, you know, you like senescence kind of takes over a little bit. If if you get what I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. it feels like that. Like that that that's what this this track exemplifies for me. <laughs> is is just Miles Davis just kind of you know broken in a little bit and um yeah it's it's just sad that we have to you know be witness to this in a way because it's just like miles davis is so much material already out and like like and i mean we're just talking about studio albums we're not even talking about like live stuff we're mm-hmm. not even talking about compilations like just in terms of sheer out stereo like studio albums like he has a ton of stuff and not to mention you know a lot of that stuff happens to be some of the best selling jazz ever so mm-hmm. it's like it it's not like his estate is like you know you know really dying for money you know <laughs> it's just exactly yeah i it, it, like i really don't want to be I, I i hate being negative about you know music because i i feel like there's so much more music to talk about that's positive 
it's just it, it just really sucks when you know something like this comes up because like Miles Davis you know got me into jazz it got you know a lot of people into jazz you know and um it's yeah it's it's just it sucks to sort of see this legacy be like besmirched like mm-hmm. this um I, I will say I think by one positive here I, I think the album cover is pretty cool yeah um, well that's why I was a little hopeful because I was like is this it, it felt like more of a a fusiony type you know album cover and and well, it, it most certainly yeah. was not see I <laughs> the, the only thing like I think what happened is like he kind of went off the deep end with the fusion thing and mm-hmm. th- th- that's why I feel like it went into smooth jazz like because like you know bitches brew on the corner live evil like those are all great albums like, there are some other great albums in there uh, in that era as well but then I felt like he kept pushing it further and further mm-hmm. and I feel like he just kind of fell off a cliff like a mu- sort of musical ideological cliff <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. and sort of couldn't find his footing again um, you know it, this is this this is what we get from from that fall. So. Yeah, I, I I guess so. Um, um, but yeah. again, like at least I mean the, the culture and release last year uh, that at the end of the day was totally a cash grab. Like just the, the yeah. sheer amount of stuff they put on there. Clearly, they were trying to turn a profit. I just I don't see who this is going to sell to because I don't I don't um, think like I mean I feel like it's a it's a really extreme niche of people who are going to be interested in this. Like it's not. Well, see, I I can see it. Um, it. It depends on how ignorant the people that they're marketing to are, kind of, um, because like if I I feel like somebody who was like, oh yeah, I like jazz, I could listen to Miles Davis, and you know, <laughs> let, let, like that's s- totally somebody, what that person's voice would yeah, sound like. Oh, it totally. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they 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 talk with their jaw open, you know. I and yeah. They they go to the country club a lot, and, yeah. You know, that whole thing, but I oh, that's funny. but like I I feel like there's probably like this one person out there that they have like targeted that like you know thinks that they would like bitches brew if they heard it, um, thinking that it would just be like another jazz fusion album when it really isn't, and I I feel like they would probably buy this without listening to any of the tracks from it, so I I I could see it selling actually, mm-hmm. um, because I mean people have bought dumber things like i i was i was thinking about this this past week because i just learned about this that um there is a compilation of frank zappa but it's it's all it is is frank zappa's um speeches that he gave uh you know to the uh the pmrc i think at during like you know the late 80s early 90s oh um it that's all it is and it was like posthumous and it was just like if you look at the reviews for it on rate your music it's just a total total cash grab and like everybody like all of the diehard fans are like pissed about it like it's it's one of the worst rated albums on rate your music wow um yeah it's it's really but it just yeah it reminds me a lot of this so (laughs) all right well so yeah, well, now that we have that out of the way, yeah, look, I just look, I felt like because obviously we're both huge Davis fans that it was yeah. it was at least worth talking about even if oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. for not super positive uh, reasons. But I mean, yeah, I I mean he's definitely an interesting musician. So you know it, it's you know it, it's always worth to you know revolve around you know his sort of sphere of influence and talk about it in in some way, even though sometimes it's not always going to be good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do I do highly recommend people to check out you know some of that late Davis stuff because I think some of it is legitimately good. Um, it just kind of gets you know hidden by all the crap that came out around it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, let, let's move on to something more positive. Um, we had an idea. Uh, I I was sort of floating this around that uh, you know. We both collect physical media. Uh, we're really big fans of collecting uh, CDs, and for Scott, yeah, Scott likes some vinyl. And um, you know, when we search for stuff, sometimes there's stuff that's just so rare that we just aren't you know able to get it because we can't afford it or because it just can't be found. And so I, I thought it'd be a cool idea to you know talk about um, you know music we'd like to see remastered or reissued. Uh, it's like just albums, I guess. Yeah, I thought this was a really cool idea. And I will say I, I took this um, in some of my instances. I, I did remastered, re-recorded, re-released, reissued. Like I kind of, I took the re a little bit, stretched it a little, I don't want to say yeah. stretched it far, but kind of was a little bit more inclusive about it because I okay. think a number of different releases fit the mark for me. What was, so, so, all right, so let, let, let's just let's just get a, like a baseline. Like how, how do you define like a reissue or like a remaster? So for me, I did albums that are either uh, really broadly out of circulation where you can, um, in terms of reissue, uh, in the sense that the only copies I've seen have been much more than I'd like to spend, kind of like you were saying, uh, only available on Discogs, not available, like I've never seen in stores, or if I have, it's way too expensive. Um, You know, remastered, re-recorded, anything like that. It's something that I think needs more polish in one way or another like something where i like the album and i either own it or i've listened to it a ton and i just wish it was cleaned up because and typically it's albums that are older um so so uh, nothing nothing about like where i drew the line was nothing compositionally if that makes sense nothing like about the actual music and just how it, yeah, how it was presented. T- talking about production, like remastered yeah, exactly. talks about production. Exactly. Um, so not so, like, oh, it'd be really cool if they sang it, because obviously that that goes beyond just like having it re- physically re-released. In some yeah. Way. So, I mean, I, I don't actually have any remasters uh, now that I think about it. my All of mine are reissues, but uh, a remaster for me does come to my head. I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, Billy Joel's uh, Turnstiles. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know, kind of a strange choice, but I was actually just talking about this the other day that, um, like this this album was like sort of the first time Joel uh, produced by himself, and uh, pretty much every song is just like like his voice is just drowned in reverb, uh-huh. and it kind of sucks because like some of his best tracks are on this album, like you know I'm talking about like uh, "Say Goodbye to Hollywood," "New York State of Mind." you know miami 2017 angry young man you know uh like a lot of really really great tracks and uh you know because of his production it just comes out kind of sloppy sounding so um you know i i i even think that like even if it got remastered i i don't think it would be any better because he would probably insist that it would just stay the same so sure yeah um, but anyway so you, i'm thinking that we just trade off yeah, uh, and, you and, know, just and I think real it. quick on that point, a lot of times yeah. when this comes up, I mean, in some cases, it's a physical limitation just at the time they couldn't afford to record the way they wanted to. But a lot of times I've found it's because it is kind of like you're saying, artistic choice. 
Yeah. Um, like they chose to record it badly for one reason or another. Kind of like my first choice, which is Ordo Ad Caio by Mayhem. This okay. is like whenever I hear albums that should be reissued, re whatever, like this is the first one that comes to mind. Um, so this came after their album. Um, so Mayhem obviously re- released uh, Day Mystery, uh, Dom Satanus, or Satanus. Um, you know, big, you know, big black metal release, kind of one of the, the pinnacles of the genre for a lot of people. Fucking uh, great came album. Out, so. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, came out with Grand Declaration of War, which had some trip hop on it, was experimental in a lot of ways, some like weird spoken word, not really well received. <laughs> so really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I, I think it's a great album, but I get why people were upset. Like I don't, I don't think, I think the way they react was childish, based on like past reviews I've seen, even modern reviews. Uh, then they came out with Chimera, which was just very much straightforward, like blast-heavy black metal. Then they came out with Ordo Ed Kyo, which is very, very experimental and has some great ideas on it. It sounds awful. So they, are, um, I forget who said it. It's uh, I think the other drummer. He said the production sounds necro as fuck. Well, that's <laughs> the way we wanted it this time. It represents mayhem today. What that means is that the drum tracks were not equalized. And only the bass drums were triggered. So what is in practice? First of all, overall the production is, is meh. Like it's not. And the thing is, is they were at a stage of their career where it wasn't like raw black metal. Like they were yeah. definitely a, like a more. They were playing a style of black metal that really could have warranted some extra production. Um, whenever he does any type of big kick roll or any type of like of the lower like the toms or anything like that, it just a hundred percent like swallows everything it's oh, just this so, so really it's, it's like really compressed yeah it's just like this distorted like rumbling it, it's like you're you're hearing like you're in the other room and you're hearing your neighbor play drums really loud okay and it's 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 super distracting like there's some cool ideas on it and a lot of the guitar work i really like and even the drumming is cool um and obviously attila does vo- attila shazar does, does vocals and um you know it, it does some cool stuff on there i just i can't I haven't listened to the album in full for a while just because I, I, it just is so distracting. Like the entire time, the drumming just sounds awful. Um, so mm-hmm. like if if they could like if they just fix the drums and like to lo- lowered the volume and recorded them properly, I think it'd be a fan, like one of their best albums. But I just I can't get over that. So whenever I think of reissue, that that I would love to have them reissue that album. Yeah, re- remaster reissue or remaster yeah. re-record. Frankly, what um, have you? Um, yeah. So I. A lot of my picks are actually industrial releases. Go figure. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna go. So I I actually have them all in like alphabetical order. So uh, my first one's just at the drive-in. Like I, you know, they have a number of albums. You know that aren't really like in, um, you know, aren't really in circulation as much, or at least. Uh, what, what I mean is that like you can't really find them that often. Like I, I can go to pretty much any CD store um, and find you know a copy of Relationship of Command and, and possibly even Acrobatic Tenement, their first album. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in Casino Out or Via or um, you know something like that, you know, good luck. You yeah. know, uh, it's like it's kind of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I and. To be fair, I mean, Relationship of Command is is by far their best album, but it'd be really cool to see, you know, some of those, like, you know, other albums get, like, you know, uh, reissued. And they had a number of EPs, and it'd be really cool to see, like, 
those get like compiled into like one like one package i think that would actually be a really cool thing because um you know it's i i I feel like you know if you're i feel like a lot of at the drive-in fans are are probably pretty rabid for their music Mm -hmm. uh you know so i i think you know it would make sense from a business point of view to kind of compile all that and sell it back to people you know Mm-hmm. I, I just I think it'd be really cool because I I think they're a great band and I would just love to hear, but I'd love to actually you know not have to you know search the very like edges of discogs to to find an album of theirs. So yeah, I, I totally feel on that. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons uh, I haven't really dived more into F Driving because I mean you really only see relationship at command, uh, or at yeah. least I, I have. I mean, me, obviously I haven't looked that closely recently but whenever I, I looked it was just that that was the that was the main one that was always yeah, there either I, that or or the, they have the new one um yeah which, which they, no, they nobody do. wants but let's yeah. be fair um, <laughs> like they, they actually had a used copy of it uh when i was at bonus um i think it was the other day actually that yeah they, they had a, they had a copy of interalia but it was like used for like five bucks or something like that <laughs> oh so, man yeah so what, what what do you have next, friend? <laughs> um, this is another one that popped in my head that's uh, a remaster, re-record, something like that. Uh, this is now my really enjoy and I've owned for a while. But um, And actually, my dad used to play one of their songs like a while back. He just had like a, a mix of electronic albums, like dancey albums, and or, or, I think just songs from it i don't know if he owned this album because i probably would have grabbed it a lot sooner than now but (laughs) um power corruption and lies by new order um i feel like there are bands from that era like depeche mode where you can clearly tell that the electronics and the production very much are from the 80s they're from that period but it sounds good i find a lot of the limitations of what they were using back then uh, like a lot of the melodies it hold up like perfectly like blue monday i still think it's a phenomenal song but especially the drum drum machines sounds really really dated um and a lot of the synth tones i feel like they could benefit from modern synths. like i think just compositionally the tracks are fantastic but i really think of all like the albums from that era where um obviously they had older machinery like kind of synths were kind of coming to their own I just really don't think that that's aged as well as you know some other pop and and dance releases from that era. Um, you know, still think it's a great album, but would love to hear it in like kind of a modern context or at least just remastered, touched up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you you can buy that album pretty much anywhere now. Exactly. Still, so um, I would really like to hear it just kind of with an extra, remastered, a little bit of yeah. TLC. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I like I I would argue that the production of that is like like quintessential to its time like i i i feel like it'd be difficult to separate the two sure no, um, I th- that's a fair point um but i i get what you mean like like i actually it, you might be interested in this then because um they just announced like a new like new order uh live album oh so m- maybe maybe they'll have a couple of tracks from that and you know because obviously they they wouldn't use the same you know drum machines that they do that they used back in the 80s mm-hmm. so um you know never know um so i i also have a lot of free jazz on here too because you know what do you expect 
free jazz yeah. uh, doesn't always have a whole lot of stuff uh, available. So uh, Albert Ayler, I would love to see more Albert Ayler albums yes. get reissued. Um, you know, just I'm thinking of like the big ones. You know, live at uh, live in Greenwich Village. Um, oh, what, what's what's the other really big one? Spiritual Unity. No, no, that, that that's Pharaoh Sanders. Um, no, the, the, isn't that Black Unity? Is Pharaoh Sanders right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, it's oh God. I'm, I I, I kind of hate that. I, I don't know this. Um, oh, yeah, it's spiritual unity. Okay, I was right. Um, yeah, so like that love cry, you know, a couple albums like that. Like it's you you can there are some um, you know Albert Ayler albums that are around. Like you know uh, that that bells that bells witch were not 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 bell witch, but um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah bells and then there's i think some other um you know similar uh, bells prophecy maybe i it's like it has that really strange um logo on it that mm-hmm. just has says bells yep um you know like you you can get stuff uh you know by ailer but it's it's not it's not of his good stuff like or at least like it's a lot of it is like reissued like like it, it's more like they took certain tracks and just decided hey this could be an album um you know whereas i i i would rather see just the regular album itself you know as opposed to just those tracks mm-hmm. so that'd be really cool um I don't really know if there's a whole lot of a demand for it, though. Uh, yeah, he's he's even still kind of a, a deep cut jazz yeah. artist, unfortunately. They, even for free jazz, yeah, I, I would argue. So, so so he's a deep cut for a deep cut of yeah of jazz. So he's, a, he's an yeah. exponential deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what you got? Yeah, there are no shortage of death metal albums from the like '90s that I would love to see reissued. Um, that just aren't available aren't affordable uh, i mean i could rattle them off uh carnage demigod um unleashed uh there's a ton that i would love to see in stores but there's one glaring one that i actually did see a really old copy for it was a cd at um music connections music store in, in uh manchester where i live um and it was like 25 30 bucks for just like a cd and i was like i can't i can't that's one album like i, I could easily flip that into like six cds you know depending on which ones i bought yeah um but i just don't understand because this band is still relevant they're one of the more prominent modern death metal band or the one more prominent veterans that's remained and that's uh, suffocation specifically i would love to see a reissue of effigy of the forgotten and pierce from within but I would also love to buy, you know, pretty much all the, you know, breeding the spawn would be great to have. Um, infecting the crypts would would be awesome. Like they have all their early releases because once they reunited in, I think the late '90s or early 2000s, and they released um, Souls to Deny, which is fantastic. Uh, their self-titled album, uh, Blood Oath, and you can find those relatively regularly more or less i mean i was able to find them i've literally other than that 130 cd i've never seen actually ever gotten or pierce, pierce from within in stores and like those are some of my favorite death metal albums ever and mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know why they re-released them because there would be a huge interest if they re-released them like i mean percent you think so because like you know i was thinking the same i mean i don't know if you have this written down already but uh, morbid angel 
but you know like i i it's not part of my list but like that off the top of my head because like i remember buying my copy of covenant and like that was used like they they didn't have any new copies of morbid angel except i think for like you know <laughs> insanus so yeah yeah i mean uh, for me like i think they've still like morbid angels kind of hit a weird point in their career um they they headlined summer slaughter a, f- a few years back but other than that they haven't really well, I, I, don't I, know. I I meant more like you know like just like that that sort of classic death metal. Yeah. Like, no, that. like I, I meant in terms of like interest. Like I think like when I saw them at Summer Slaughter, like a lot of people left. Like I don't think they had the same type of interest. Whereas Suffocation yeah. has remained like, incredibly relevant with really? all different types. Yeah. Like huh. when they played, whenever we went, they like you know young kids, old old people, you know, making not like you know older men, not like just random senior citizens. <laughs> senior citizens yeah. loving Suffocation. But, but um. Yeah, they they still are really, um, just really popular, and I, I think it's just because they they pioneered a lot of styles that are still popular today. Like they were one of the first, like brutal death, arguably one of the first, if not the first, brutal death metal band, technical death metal band, and of course, there's plenty of bands that are more brutal and technical than since. But yeah. like the style of death metal they played was really groundbreaking for the time, um, and I think that they have kind of adapted and they've tweaked their sound. Uh, their more recent releases have been a little meh, but uh, I think that there, there would be a huge amount of interest if they were to re-release those albums because they uh, I, I, they don't even to remaster them. Because I think the, the the beautiful thing about them is that um you know like the the production value of the '90s like is in it's in vogue now. Like you yeah, have modern like the, death metal bands that, that like are, the, the that Scott Burns style yeah exactly like you 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 have that style of production like there are albums coming out today that little like i'm not I'm not saying this like to be hyperbolic or anything they literally sound like they came in the 90s like just the way that they were produced i mean obviously a little bit better in terms of the production you know just the way it was recorded i guess but not really like it's it just very much the guitar tone and the production sounds very lo-fi like back in you know 91 when death metal really blew up Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I would if those were reissued and like even if they were new, like thirteen bucks a pop, I, w- I would buy them in a heartbeat just because those are some of my favorite death metal albums. Mm. Interesting. I, I I don't really know if there'd be that audience for it, but I, I mean I I actually wouldn't mind buying you know like uh, Pierce from Within because I I think that's a pretty great album. So. The first song on that is one of the best like one of the best death metal songs ever written it's, in my opinion it's, it's weird but like I, I have a hard time distinguishing like one track from a death metal album from another um like on the same album i mean mm-hmm. uh, that isn't to say i don't enjoy it like i lo- i love the experience but like oftentimes it's like really tough for me to like differentiate it like it it, it takes like a really really special album like um like unsilent death like from my nails to like you know to sort of hear the hear the differences mm-hmm. um you know and, and i'm not i'm not trying to shame you know all those other albums by any means it's it's more of just sort of my my own foible while listening to to more extreme music so uh, speaking of extreme music though uh behemoth uh i i think it'd be really cool to see you know but maybe not like black metal you know really early behemoth but like there are a couple albums of theirs that aren't really as much in circulation as they used to be so i'm talking like thelema six and like um maybe satanica you know um zoskia cultus 
I think like things like that, like you know, um, the apostasy. Like you don't like some of those. Like I think sometimes they have special editions of those and like things like that. But I, I don't really see a lot of those anymore, especially Thelma Six um, or Thelema, however you want to say it. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see you know more of those, especially just given how big of a band Behemoth is. You know, it just would kind of makes sense. But I I don't know whether they would prefer like you know evangelion on to just kind of be what's available for people mm-hmm. um but i don't know they, i i as like I, I i love behemoth i think they're such a great band so you know uh yeah yeah what do you have next good sir um I think they're actually just real quick. I think there'd be a ton of interest in reissue Behemoth. I mean, they're one of the biggest. Yeah. Like they're touring with like big name, you know, just metal bands in general. Like I think they did a tour with Lamb of God. I don't think Lamb of God was the headliner, but they did a tour with uh, with them. Um, oh, I'm, I'm totally point. with you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just. I don't know if. I don't know if this would ever happen, just because. I feel like LP is so busy with other stuff now. I don't think he cares. And uh, he definitely seems like someone who just likes to move forward and um, you know do the next big thing. I mean, it, obviously he's 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 big into taking risk um, because who who would have guessed that he and Killer Mike would ever have linked up ever? Like if you just yeah. had to pick two rappers from the larger rap pantheon like or the rap community never would have guessed um but fun crusher plus by company yeah. flow is like that's most thought. most like big hip-hop heads um like underground hip-hop heads like you know live and die by this album i don't what even about think it's cannibal ox too. actually i was i was about to follow up and say that one as well i have seen that one before uh but it was a vinyl copy that was like it was i think it was approaching like 40 or 50 bucks See, the, that really let like I mean I, I I get why people want to reissue stuff on vinyl because you know there, there's a huge demand for vinyl, but like I really wish that like the, there was some really cool stuff that gets released on vinyl that I really wish was on CD because I would buy it without a second thought. Like uh, I have a couple uh, picks here that are actually like you know stuff that like I think is being reissued on vinyl but not CD so. Yeah, and, and what was obnoxious is that I think part of the reason it was so um, expensive is because you had, I think you had, it might have been upwards of like a triple LP because they had the entire um, the entire album's instrumentals oh, on vinyl. Yeah. So like it was just this like absurd package. Yeah, like but, well, LP does that with like every album now that he he includes like instrumentals like right afterwards yeah and like i kind of wish he wouldn't because (laughs) i mean like it's cool to an extent but like instrumental hip-hop that is like just basically normal hip-hop um beats just without the vocal like that just doesn't like i feel like that has limited appeal because it they're just like really long beats without lyrics whereas if you have music that's your beats that are specifically you know, produced to be instrumental. Usually, they're shorter and they de- they kind of develop in a different way. Not to mention, um, you can just go to YouTube and and look up lo-fi study beats. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I would love to see those. I would totally buy them in a heart. Also, LP. Um, oh, what's the name of his? 
like when he broke onto the scene, it's called uh, Oh Fantastic Damage. It oh, was yeah. like LP's the, the, debut album. The jazz. The, wait, is that the jazz one? Um, I think I think I it's High Water. I think I want to say um, that. Yeah, he just. It's more of like a jazz album than anything. But I I I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, and, and I just I would definitely really love to see um, see those because I mean I think Cannibal Ox's newest album is there, but that one's very much very much okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's good. I mean, it, it's uh, to be fair. I, I I don't think the Cold Vein is. I, it's it's definitely not one of my favorite albums. Um, I actually I would, despite everything I just said, I would agree. I think more just I do enjoy them, and I think that they're you know, obviously important hip hop releases. So I'd like to own them. Um, but yeah, I, they're not. They're my, I've never listened to Fun Crusher Plus because I don't think I've even. I think it's you, on YouTube, but like you, I don't. You really... can listen to it on YouTube. It, it's an interesting album. Um, you know, I, again, it reminds me a lot of Cold Vein in that, like, I, I, I think it was groundbreaking for the time, but I think that, you know, you listen to it today and it, it like, it's a little dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that that's necessarily bad, but, you know, um, I just don't know if it has the same allure that people think it still does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, okay, like, I, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have. Well, I don't know if you will have this or not, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, Black Flag. I would love to see Black Flag reissues. Um, yeah, that one didn't occur to me because I already have all their stuff, so it doesn't I, really matter really? to me. I, but I, I thought you were missing a few albums. I think I have all their full lengths at this. Family point. Man. I do. Yep. No, because I, I actually saw Family Man up almost the other day, and I was like, I wonder if Scott has this or not. Yeah, Family Man, Loose Nut, uh, in my head. Slip it in my yeah. yeah. I, have, I think I have all their full links, but yeah, I totally agree. For like uh, other people who want to get into them, it's really difficult because I think the only the only new copy I've ever seen in stores uh, that I can remember is uh, uh, Damaged. Yeah, which it, which is is a great album, but it, it, maybe My War uh, because you know, but My War is still a pretty big album um, for them. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like to see. Like I think it'd be really cool to see like reissues of like you know those early like those singles compilations that they have you know um, and as well as just you know some of their some of their later albums maybe not all of the um, the ones that have Rollins just doing spoken word but um, you know just look, like it'd, it'd be cool to see you know a couple more of those albums because I th- I think you know they they have a pretty solid discography for the most part you know the the I think they're just an interesting enough band that i think like i feel like they would they could warrant that um but i feel i i i don't know why they haven't actually now that i think about it because greg Jin like owns solid state records if or no no not solid state sst mm-hmm. right and so you know it's not like he couldn't just you know reissue that stuff um yeah, but i, I, I don't I, that that really is is a big mystery. I, but, but, I, maybe... but then again, he did release what the eh? and uh, you know so the, so I, I don't know if he's you know entirely thinking you know with with, with all of his faculties. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That's yeah. we don't have to talk about that anymore. That's uh, no, don't worry. I <laughs> I know we, we we already talked about Morbid Angels, Illid, Insanum, whatever. So um. 
Yeah, so this one is kind of weird because it was reissued. I just think the way they reissued Jesus reissued it was obnoxious. It's um, specifically I would like uh, Gas's uh, Pop. Um, okay. I would like a lot of his earlier albums, but specifically that one. Uh, they did reissue it. However, they reissued his entire back catalog before his two newest albums as like this enormous, you know, gargantuan vinyl box set and then all the cds came as like if you bought like an, an upgrade package and i think it was at least a hundred dollars and it's like i'm not Ugh. i'm not gonna i'm not because the whole point of ambient at least for me is like you put it on just like veg out and like the whole vinyl format makes it like really difficult to like have it in the background because you constantly yeah. have to like like it disrupts the whole point um so i really like them i don't know why they haven't done this just release individual cd reissues like even if you just pick one of his earlier albums, uh, but I think now they did that big box set to appease fans. Now they're just doing, um, they're doing his newer stuff. He's he's been releasing new albums at a pretty regular clip. Uh, I think Narco Pop, and then I forget what the newest one was called. I think it I, became, thought, I thought it was Narco Pop. I thought that, that, that one came. One. That one was the most recent one he, or that was the first one he released after his hiatus, uh, and then he released okay. another one. I think yes, it began with I, the. I, I wouldn't know. I I. Really yeah, I know. Not. I know you're you're a huge, uh, huge gas fan. So. <laughs> I just remember like you had me listen. I don't know which track off of pop you had me listen to, but I just found that to be so boring. Yeah. Um, oh, it's uh, a, a, I think Roush. I don't know if I'm pronouncing. Oh, that it correctly. is Roush. Yeah, you're, yeah you're that right. one came yeah. out last May, and yeah. Narco Pop came out. I think it was like 2017 or 2016 when he burst back onto the scene. Yeah. But yeah, like I, it feels kind of weird being in, like they should like re reissue that reissue, but. Um, they should re reissue well, that reissue. It's not even like a reissue. Like the the, the thing is like like the, the, that's more like just like oh hey here's a fucking box set to stuff down your throat. Give you give us our money. <laughs> like it yeah just, exactly. It, and it doesn't let, let, like I I mean to me anyway when I think of a reissue I think of like I can go to the CD store and it's there. Mm-hmm. So, but which I, I I don't see that happening for a giant gas bop but you know box set so yeah i i I, yeah i mean it just it disappoints me because i would love to get um love to get those so i guess we will we'll see if that ever happens yeah um let's see oh uh peter brotsman i I think peter brotsman has you know some really interesting early albums uh that i think you know you could listen to on like Spotify, like uh, Machine Gun is probably the biggest one, uh, but Nipples is is around, is there too, which is just a great name for an album. Yes, um, I think he has one called Balls too, <laughs> uh, but he, um, yeah, they, I, I think they did a re a vinyl reissue of Machine Gun um, a few years back, but they haven't really done anything else. And, you know, I think that really sucks. Like, and I'm, I'm just going to include just European free jazz in general. So I'm talking about, like, Derek Bailey and his work with Incas Records mm-hmm. and, you know, Evan Parker and, you know, just, just like, a lot of those guys. Like, like there's a whole, like, I mean, maybe it's a regional thing that it's tough to get a hold of these in the States. But, like, you know, you can find, um, you know, Heather Lay and uh, Peter Brosman's collaborative collaborative album sex tape you know at a cd store like it's not impossible so it just i i just don't get why you wouldn't include 
some of these albums. I mean, especially Machine Gun. Like, it's such a it's such a huge monumental album for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I guess it's because you know there isn't a lot of demand for like jazz, let alone free jazz. But still, like, I don't know. Like, I think that'd be really cool. I mean, it's, especially since like you know, um, like the Art Ensemble of Chicago has like a huge fucking box set out that you can readily get. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you would think that that type of you know music would at least be you know someone would think hey let's let's reissue this i mean like even um third man records reissued trout mask replica on vinyl if i remember right you know it's like it's it's not like there isn't a demand for avant-garde music um so yeah Yeah, i I totally agree i would i would love to uh because i i like uh i really love his newer um, stuff that he's done, you know, with Heather Lay, and then I yeah. think uh, some of his other stuff he's done, jazz wise, like a, a like a live performance at like yeah, um, or something oh, like that. Yeah, well, well, what was that? Um, I think it was at Cafe OTO. Yes, um, yes, it, it, was, um, it was the the worse the better. Mm-hmm. I think, which is which that's, is a great album. That was a really great album, but yeah. obviously the the I'd love to buy the the classics. Yeah, like like um, I would I would love to buy Machine Gun. I think that that's just like such a great fucking album. <laughs> yeah um, um i think i honestly i don't know if i have any more that's yeah. i'm trying to i've been trying to think those are what i wrote down i've been trying to think since but uh because i it's funny because I, I have a huge list that i actually have cut down a little bit while we've been talking so <laughs> um, um i mean there's a there's a ton of um death metal and black metal that uh i would just like to i don't really have much of a story behind it just uh like for example um mutilation m-u-t-i-i-l-a shun um and i think it's like dark vampires or something it's like a really weird lo-fi black metal release just like super um oppressive yeah vampires of black imperial blood um, it's just a really oppressive black metal album that uh i love the aesthetic love the, the music and just can't I can't see it anywhere. Um, yeah, they, there's stuff like that. Like, um, I want to say, like, didn't didn't they do like Hellhammer, like, um, like really really early Hellhammer reissues? I think they did. Yeah, I think yeah, they the, loot at like, some like point. Stuff like that. Like, um, like, I think you can get like like the old Mantis albums um, available too somewhere. You know, it's like there's always. I, I think there's a market for like that, you know, previously overlooked, uh, obscure metal, uh, because you know, like if you're if you're a black metal fan, like you you, I feel like you you've you've dug into the roots of your genre, mm-hmm. very very deeply probably, so you know they, I I think there's something there. Uh, yeah, you have anything else before I I ramble into my list? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I could probably if I, I sat down and tried to pull from my brain. Um, well, black, if, yeah. if you come up with stuff, just like let me know. So, yeah, I mean, like yeah. mutilation, uh, a Thergathon. Uh, I, I don't. They have one big album. I think they only have one album. They're like really great funeral doom band, um, and their uh, their main album. It was really interesting in that a lot of funeral doom, especially nowadays, from bands that shall not. Uh, that should remain nameless. Uh, it's just it's so long, 
Um, so uh, I, I actually, I, I think I know what what I actually what, really like um, Bell Witch, and I, I like Mirror Reaper, but I have not listened to it since 2018 because it's so fucking long. I, I really want to, I really want to watch it because they they have like a feature film that yeah like, that they made to it, and I it's on YouTube, uh, and I really want to watch it at some point because yeah. I think, I think that would be really cool because, like, it reminds me of like, I mean, maybe poor comparison, but um, Daft Punk did like an anime film to Discovery. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, know, I, I think that that idea is like, I, I wouldn't want to see it with like everything, but like, I, I think it's, it's a cool thing to see it once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So, we're, let me just do rapid yeah, yeah. fire. So, because I'm Go gonna pull it. up a list of, like, I have just a list of. Death and Black Metal. So that that's called um, Streams from the Heavens. It's uh, all the song. Like there's no song over ten minutes, which for Funeral Doom is pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but like it's just it's super. I don't say it's condensed, but it's kind of manageable for someone who doesn't really like do. I mean, I, I like doom metal, but someone who's looking to get into Funeral Doom, it's actually like a pretty good um, place to start. Mm. Um, so. Uh, yeah, just just a few looking at a, a list I have of stuff I'd like to buy eventually. Uh, Demolik uh, Nispeef. I don't think I've, I've I've never seen that personally, but that's a really great, um, really really great like weird death metal album. Um, Grave Into the Grave. I mean that's a great death metal album as well. Um, Pestilence Testimony of the Ancients. Uh, that's was one of the earlier Tech Death releases. Um, and the last one I'd like to shout out is uh, Violence, Eternal Nightmare. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge thrash guy, but I think that that album is fantastic. And uh, I just have never never really encountered it. Hmm. So, yeah, those are some. And, and I, I could I could go on and on and on, but that would be very boring. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to try to keep these, some of these a little bit abridged. Uh, but uh, Tim Buckley star sailor in mm. particular yeah uh, have, you, have you ever listened to that actually? i have that's that's a great like it's, a weird weirdish folk album it is a really really good album and uh you know the, it's not like they don't have tim buckley albums to buy so i just don't get why they haven't reissued this because it's it's arguably like considered his best mm-hmm. uh, even though it's probably not the most traditional of his by any means um coil i i think early coil albums really deserve a remaster or not a remaster but a reissue uh because right now the only things you can get pretty much is um the new backwards and the ape of naples Mm -hmm. uh which are both released from important records um you know but i think there are like there are a couple great albums that they have you know really early on i mean horse rotivator um oh god what's the name of that that first album that they did (laughs) can't remember now um let's see uh but uh black antlers also uh cursed me uh it's, it's a good album uh scatology was their first album uh, you know like things like music the, both of the music to play in the dark you know um mm-hmm. albums you know i think those would all be really cool to see reissued um and it's you know like there is an audience for this because um do you remember i think it was a couple years ago now that they really they reissued uh something called time machines Uh from coil that was like it was meant to like sort of put you in a daze um you know and people people were interested in that so like you know and coil's like a huge you know 
like hugely important band um but i think that they were kind of notorious about not reissuing stuff um so you know (laughs) yeah we'll we'll see um daughters the self-titled daughters album Mm, yeah um (laughs) this is mostly personal because i the only copy i can find of it is like you know oh that was hilarious yeah yeah which is like guys like just because you know uh the new album is really good doesn't mean that you get to jack the price up that much that, that like that's fucking insane i feel like it's some guy who just has that as collection and like he is kind of on the fence about selling it or just indifferent about selling it he's like you know what let's just see if there's any biters and like yeah. inevitably someone will get it and be like oh shit all right dude yeah it's yours if you want it well, that's the thing is like i that was like the first daughter's album that i really got into and mm-hmm. i think it's a really cool album uh i mean it's just it just from it's it's like it's like if Elvis Presley sang on a mathcore album. <laughs> like it's it's so cool. Um, That's a great great visual. It, and the album cover is really cool too. Yeah. Um, you know, which is like the the woman on it, just like mid tears. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just I think it's a really cool album cover. Um, Einzers and New Bowden. I think it'd be cool to see a couple of older Einzers and New Bowden albums. Just specifically, I've written down uh, Collapse, their debut, and House Deluge. Uh, which is the the one with the horse peeing? <laughs> yes. Um, I, I just because like you can get um, you know other answers and New Bowden albums. You know you can get used copies of like Tabula Rasa pretty easily. You know, I, and I'm not saying that like these albums aren't hard to find, but I think it'd be cool to see like an actual reissue of them as opposed to just buying used versions. Uh-huh. Um, this is actually one of the biggest ones. I I. I Honestly, if I could pick any one of these uh, to be reissued, it would be this. And um, it's the uh, basically like all the scores from the Studio Ghibli movies. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, I think Joe, Joe Hisaishi um, is just... Every single score in, in these movies is just immaculate. Like, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind just still st- like stays in me and like... Um, uh, I watched Princess Mononoke for the first time, uh, probably like a few months ago now, um, and just the music in that, it just it, it completes the film in a way that I can't even begin to describe. Like I think it's just such a beautiful score, and they recently actually announced. Uh, I think it's I don't know if it's technically like a reissue or not, but like it was like sort of like this vinyl box set type of thing, and I was like, oh. I was so excited about it, but then I learned it was only vinyl, and um, I I felt very hurt <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, I I think that like just Studio Ghibli like they you can it's not like there isn't a demand for it I guess mm-hmm. so um, you know and not to say you you can buy these online but they're really tough to find just because like a lot of them are just in Japanese. Um, you know, and I don't necessarily speak Japanese, so I can't really tell, like, oh, is this the exact album I'm looking for or not? So, um, you know, and I think they have, like, a greatest hits of Studio Ghibli, you know, but, like, I'd rather just have, like, you know, like a box set that has each of the movies uh, Mm -hmm. scores on them, because, I, I mean, I have yet to watch, like, a Studio Ghibli film that, like, I don't like... Mm-hmm. I, I think they're all just so beautiful. Um, I think Masada 
the early Masada albums. So back when John Zorn started the Masada project, he released uh, like so, so basically back to the original quartet or yeah, it was the quartet. So it was him, Dave Holland. Uh, was it what's his, was it Dave Holland? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Joey Barron and uh, I'm I'm just bad with names today. It's, <laughs> it's something. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's Greg Cohen, uh, Dave Douglas. I'm sorry, I, I get mixed up with Dave Holland uh, for some reason. Uh, but yeah, so when that started, they released uh, ten albums on DIW Records, which is kind of like a um, I think. It was like Zorn, like it was like a co-creator uh, of the label, but it's you know obviously defunct now because he has he has Zadig Records. Um, you know I think it'd be really cool to see those because you can get every other Masada album uh, through Zadig mm-hmm. except for those ten. Oh, um, so it's just yeah, and I mean I the the thing is like with those 10 like you know once you listen to one you've pretty much listened to them all they, they, there are some differences between some of them but for the most part you're you're pretty much getting the same thing each time so like i, I kind of get it but you know i i, I you know i kind of put zorn in that same you know vein as you put like lp that i think he just keeps thinking forward rather than back because he just has he, he has so much material under his belt that i think it would be insane to try to like reissue a lot of it mm-hmm. um, that isn't to say that he hasn't because he has done some vinyl reissues of stuff um here's a big one uh Mersbau. <laughs> i i think it'd be really cool to see Mersbau kind of you know come out with a couple of um reissues of like bigger albums i mean like paul steam and and venerology are probably the big two but um hybrid noise bloom would be really cool too and i mean th- this is one of those ones that's like it's kind of a tough thing because he's always releasing stuff on different labels and, yeah. you know, and he just has so much of it. I think he's the epitome <laughs> of just like always moving forward, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though like to the untrained ear, I, and I'm calling myself untrained in this, like a lot of his stuff sounds very similar. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nurse with wound, I think it'd be really cool to see, um, Nurse of the Wound come out, you know, with some reissues, which again, like, you know, much by like Mersbau, like, I think he's such an indie artist that he, I, I don't think he would do that. Like, mm-hmm. or, I mean, what, what I mean is that he just has so many releases under his belt that, like, you know, I, I it's not to say he hasn't released, re released them, but, um, like, I'm thinking of like Hematopy for uh, Marie and you know um chance meeting and things like that like i think it'd be really cool to see a couple of those you know actually have like reissues that you can actually buy instead of trying to scrounge around the discogs for mm-hmm. um uh swans i think so they have a compilation of greed and holy money that uh you can buy but they're re- it's like really expensive like i upwards of like 30 bucks mm-hmm. uh, i've seen for like 50 sometimes and um you know, I, I think it'd be like, like it'd be cool to see like actually what would be really cool is to have uh filth, you know, cop, greed, holy money, a screw all compiled together into like one box set. I think yeah. that would be really cool because I think if if you like that early swan sound, you're probably gonna wanna buy all those albums anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just works out. Um So we're we're almost near the end, so <laughs> bear with me um 
This is called a so this is a strange release. It's called Symphonies of the Planets. Have you ever heard of this before? No, I haven't. Oh, you would really like this. This is um so it's technically labeled as no artist, but um somebody had to compile these. But basically, they took if I remember right, it's the Voyager satellite. So they they would take the like basically the feed that would come in from the Voyager satellite and uh convert it to music basically is is the best way i can put this oh that's what so cool. it com- yeah it comes out as this really cool dark ambient album and there's a series of them uh that you can buy but they're really like y- y- you don't see them a whole lot and i mean i i kind of get why you they aren't you know readily available because they aren't like you know exactly something people are clamoring to listen to um you know especially since like there are just there's just a lot there's a lot of them um you know and there isn't enough like sonic like you know uh disparity i guess to to really warrant you know somebody just being like oh i liked this specific one so Mm -hmm. um but those are you can actually listen to all those on um spotify they're really really cool i I have to look that up yeah it's really like i i would like i would honestly probably put that as like the best dark ambient album honestly uh not not to say that i'm I'm not really too well versed in that genre but i i I think it it does the job better than like any other (laughs) dark ambient album um i have two various artist compilations that i think would be really cool uh the first one this is boston not la um, oh yeah yeah because like, that, that's such like a core compilation especially for our area um and you know it sounds like it seems like something that newbury comics would be like all over if, if they weren't too busy trying to sell clothes to people um <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and then same thing with uh no new york which is the um the no wave compilation yeah that would be was, great uh, yeah it was produced by brian eno uh but I, I think with with a lot of no wave music, I, I think if they're just like it's so niche, and I think there's probably a good chance that a lot of that music isn't like even around anymore. <laughs> too, yeah. like, like in terms of like masters to like actually be able to remaster. But that's a good point. At the same, yeah, at the same time though, like like um, the no wave band Mars has put out you know compilations of their old music and things like that. So it's not out of the question. And finally, this is I think I think this is actually the band that inspired my the idea for this this segment to even begin with, uh, White House, mm, uh, yeah. the Power Electronics band. Because if you try to look for one of their albums, like you, you can buy a copy of Birdseed, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it, I've looked before, and that's why I don't own any of their stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I would I would try to buy like almost everything that they come out with, if it wasn't just so damn expensive. Because uh, I I like I think power electronics is just such an interesting genre. So um, yeah, it'd be really cool to see White, more White House and yeah, um, William Bennett is kind of a weird dude. So I I I don't know if if he's you know I I, I think like I think there there are some artists that are like so you know dedicated to the underground that I don't think they they would ever do something like a reissue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because it'd be like the fuck that like you know it'd just be kind of like like it's some i think sometimes you get to the point that you're kind of a contrarian than an actual like non-conformist mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, i totally get that uh, i'm not i'm not insinuating that william bennett is that but 
I, I think that there's similar thoughts probably around in that sort of power electronics area. Um, yeah, that's all I have. So uh, we're probably running way over time right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, no, we're, we're good. Like a, uh, an hour and ten minutes. So l- let's just uh, let's talk about albums of the week. Uh, Scoots, what's your album of the week? Yeah, so this band has since changed their name um, and went in a very interesting direction. They became like a, a, like a weird industrial, but like mainstream industrial type band. Uh, like kind of just an odd career path because they used to be a symphonic kind of melodic black metal band um and originally they were called covenant now they're called the covenant with a k and the name of the album it, yeah i know but I, I guess there was another band that sued them um uh, and okay. so they uh they like had to change their name and i guess that was the easiest way to do it without being too different um it's still I really suppose. on the nose though yeah 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 <laughs> you might, might as well just call them to like call themselves covenant 182 <laughs> yeah. that would have actually been hilarious because but yeah. um the name of the album is nexus polaris uh been listening to a lot of black metal lately and uh, slowly realizing that i actually really do um like symphonic black metal for the longest time i thought i was just an emperor guy and like that's it but um, I actually really enjoy it. You know, I've come to appreciate it a lot, and this is you know, really well executed symphonic black metal. Um, just the the synths and the the kind of orchestra elements are really, really well um, well placed and well executed. They they have a great, um, I guess, timbre to them, or just in general, they don't sound cheap. Like they sound like really well fleshed out. The black metal itself is really well done, really well written. Um, just a great album and so uh, so so this is this is back when they were just covenant yeah and then they kind of they almost did like a ministry in reverse where you know like ministry started out more like a dancey band and then they went into like industrial metal like they okay. kind of went the opposite way where they started out like as a metal band and then slowly became like this electro industrial kind of <laughs> project okay which I, I mean, I haven't listened to any of their newer stuff. I actually haven't listened to anything else but um, this album, just because it uh, uh, it's kind of been on heavy rotation. But yeah. uh, they have released other albums, black metal albums that I'm aware of early in their career. But I I don't know, maybe I missed her. But uh, did you did you say the album title? Yeah, it's called Nexus Polaris. Oh, Nexus. Thank you. Sorry, I totally for some reason spaced on that. Um, all right, well, so I I have to ask if you, because you're you say you're into symphonic black metal. Uh, where do you stand on Dimu Borgir? <laughs> I actually like um, I like the earlier stuff. Uh, I think they just kind of they just kind of got a little bloated and old later in their career. <laughs> like they got a little too full of themselves. Yeah. Um, like it just it sounds like old people trying to make like really grandiose. Whereas. Uh, uh, no, I, I like early Cradle of Filth. I like early Demo Brigier. I think that they're one of those bands that truly... Um, they probably shouldn't have let their image get away from them as much as it did. I guess that's mm. a nice way to put it. Like, I feel like the... the well, I mean, black metal, black metal is so much about being true. So, like, Demo Brigier just kind of... Because <laughs> true they, with a V. <laughs> yeah. I think that they just kind of took off out of nowhere, which was interesting. Um, so, um, I feel like that for them, it was just that, Hey, you're popular. And we're like, we're not okay with that. 
um, but for for Cradle of Filth, I think just like their imagery was really um, really bad, <laughs> like really bad, and just they really. Um, I think they could have focused a bit more on the music because I think after a while their releases got a little. Uh, I think it started the, the cheese started to really pile up. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think like their their image sort of precedes them. Yeah, in a way. Um, but, but, like when I think of Cradle of Filth, I immediately think of like Tim Burton doing a black metal band. Yes, that's a good um, point. And and I don't because like I don't want to say that because I, I don't think Cradle of Filth is that bad of a band, frankly, or Dimu Borgir. So um, you know, <laughs> and anyway, so. Uh, I should probably talk about my album of the week. Um, so I recently went to the CD store uh, again. I have a problem. I'm not willing to admit it yet, but uh, I have a problem. And um, I ended up finding stuff that I could not find anywhere else. And I was so surprised at it. And so I had to spend, you know, like 70 bucks, you know, <laughs> to for on this, on this, all this stuff. But I don't regret it because there's some really great stuff. And uh, so last, last night uh, I was, I was putting together some, um, some bookshelves, don't ask. Um, and I had this album on and uh, it's uh, Captain Beefheart, Dock at the Radar Station. There you go. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not, you know, totally familiar with all of Beefheart's discography. I had Safe as Milk. At one point, uh, along with Trout Mask Replica, I still have Trout Mask, but I sold Save His Milk because I just didn't enjoy it. Um, but I know Dock at the Radar Station was like highly recommended, and so I ended up finding a copy of it uh, yesterday or the other day, I think Saturday. Um, no, it could have been Friday. I I don't know. The time time is slipping, slipping, slipping into the future, Scott. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's. The best way I can describe this, this album is, like, it's like Trap Mask Replica, but, like, refined, heavily refined. So, basically, like, you, you take, like, all the imperfections of Trout Mask, like, the fact that Beefheart is never in time with with, with any of the instruments. Um, and, you know, take the, you know, the solo vocals, songs, and you know and, and those weird pauses you know where they just talk about nonsense uh-huh. throw all of that away it is it is so good man like i i this is like my favorite beef heart album right now oh cool uh, I, wow. I think it's just it's written really well there are some really interesting lines that beef heart like brings up uh for lyrics like he um I think like it's like either the first or second track, but the chorus is like somebody had too much to think. <laughs> I don't know, like I I really like that line for some reason, um, and just like the guitars, you, you, they still have a little bit of like that slide from that you hear a lot in Trout Mask, and you know you still have some woodwinds doing some really odd free jazz stuff, but it comes together in a much more cohesive experience, and it's not as you know not as long as Trout Mask. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think it's just a great album. Um, I'm so psyched to have it. Uh, and whoever had this one last time, I mean, really loved the hell out of this thing because, like, you know, the disc itself is like, you know, 
perfect, like no scratches oh, nice. at all. But like the uh, you, you know, like the little the little dial thing that keeps the CD actually like in the tray. Yeah, that thing's not even there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like the hinge has already fallen off, and like you know, so the, the case is just beat the hell. But but like the disc is fine, and I'm just like you know that that makes sense for a beef heart CD. Yeah. <laughs> for used beef art CD, so for sure. Uh, okay, so that has been our show today. Uh, we're almost coming upon an hour and twenty minutes, so let's just get this over with. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.